0: You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 74. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. So one of the most popular questions or concerns, whatever you want to call it, that I get as a nutritional therapist and a coach and somebody who helps women really get to the root of what is happening in their lives with their food, their nutrition, their businesses um something that comes up for a lot of my clients and with what I hear from you all in the feedback for this podcast and as I reach out to you and ask you what you're struggling with, is that of emotional eating and specifically self-sabotage. So, I mean, out there in podcast land, put your hand up if you struggle with this or have struggled with this in the past. I mean, this is such a universal thing that we all go through. And there's so much involved in this that I wanted to take a whole episode sort of identifying what self-sabotage is, why it happens, and most importantly, what we can do to engage with this behavior so that it does not continue getting in the way of what we want in our lives. I think many times we think that the way that we are is stagnant and that it cannot be changed. And if you have listened to any of my past episodes, you know that I speak frequently about fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. So a fixed mindset would be a way of thinking that you think that you will always stay the same, pretty much what I was saying before. And a growth mindset is that of which you believe that you can change, that things are fluid, you can be flexible, you can adapt, you can change. And I really think a growth mindset is integral to changing and to becoming somebody else. And as we let go of our self sabotaging behaviors, which is possible, I am an example of this somebody who never thought that they would feel free around food in their body. And that would sabotage themselves over and over and over. And to be honest with you, you know, I think we all see certain aspects of self sabotage in our lives. Maybe I don't do it with food anymore, but I do do it sometimes with procrastination or, you know, delaying tasks. I guess that's procrastination. That's my biggest issue with self-sabotage. I think that we all might have it to a certain extent, but what matters most is identifying it and seeing what is really happening. So like I said, we're going to talk about self-sabotage, why it happens, and the tactics that we can use in order to combat this behavior and really become aware of what we are doing and why we are doing it. And with so much of this work that we do in all of these different aspects, it is not easy. So I just want to have that be a disclaimer of sorts that when we heal, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, truly, it is not easy. It is actually the hardest thing that we can do. And many of the things that We do in life sort of distract us from looking at ourselves. That is, you know, the habits that don't serve us, self sabotage in and of itself, reading a ton of books, which I'm a big fan of, but sometimes we think that the answer is in a book versus, or somebody else. I mean, I'm not really talking about coaches because coaches can actually be extremely beneficial for something like this. They help you see yourselves clearly. But I'm talking about thinking that the answer is outside of yourself when the answer is inside of you, and it has always been there. It's just really hard to look at it. So I want to validate that. And I want you all who are listening to know that it does not have to be so hard if we are willing and we are courageous. And it does take a willingness and a courageousness to look into ourselves. So I just want to put that out there because it is hard and it is painful and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Sometimes when we are moving into being somebody different, we feel a lot of pain and discomfort and that's okay. It's worth going through the fire. How long, something that my coach always, my fitness coach always tells us is, how long can we stay near the fire? And the fire refines us. It burns us down to become somebody else. So I just want to say for anybody out there who's going through change, who is going through some something difficult, especially when it comes to personal development, that, or even the process of healing, that it will feel better and If you give it the effort and the time that your healing deserves, I promise that you will see big, big, big changes on the other side. And if we don't truly heal these behaviors and truly look at why they're happening, they're going to keep coming up. And I know that many of you that are dealing with a food journey or something are really frustrated. And you might think like, gosh, why is this thing still happening in my life? Why is it still coming up? Like, God, so annoying and it's so frustrating and exhausting. And, you know, I have been there, but oftentimes things don't go away until they teach us what we need to learn. So I just want you to hang in there. If you are going through this, this podcast, I hope is a place of support for you. But if you would like to talk more, I am always offering free, a 20 minute consultation. So you can find the link for that in the show notes. If not, you can just send me a message on Instagram and we can talk because this is what I specialize in. This is what I do because we have all of the information that we need out there in terms of practical nutrition and the implementation stuff. But like the why, and the behavior aspect is not so easy to go at alone. So that's why I wanted to talk about this and devote an entire episode to this because it is so important. Now, before we get into that, Prep like a Pro is coming. It is going to launch. I am still putting the final touches on everything. So it's either going to begin launching on April... 1st or March 30th, which is this coming Saturday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, March 26th when this episode comes out. So I'm so excited for that. It is a whole revamped version. I've taken all of the feedback from Preplica Pro 1.0 and put it into this new program. So even if you just take the free five day course, which is what Preplica Pro is, you are gonna get so much out of it. And it's going to be amazing, and I guarantee that you will feel at least five times more confident in the kitchen just from taking this free course. Um, so stay tuned for that. Follow me on Instagram for all of the updates for that, and be sure to be on my newsletter list because that is where I put everything out first. I am going to get back to my weekly emails I'm sort of reintegrating back into My work. So this week there will be a weekly email. I usually put it out on Thursdays. So stay tuned. And those are just my newsletters, my musings on life, what I'm going through, practical tips, and everything. So stay tuned for Prep Like a Pro. And as always, the mastermind is open as well. Well, not as always. We are almost full uh, with the people that are going to be coming in. So just keep that in mind. And if you want to grow your business online, especially I will, even if you don't have a business at all, we will build one from scratch where you can begin making your money uh, online, which is just an amazing position to be in. So yeah, reach out to me. If you have any questions about any of this, just email me or send me a DM on Instagram. I'm always, always, always open to hearing from you all. And I love the messages that I get that because that makes me believe that you all trust me with the information that I put out there. So that means the world to me. But let's get into this concept of self-sabotage. So what does it actually mean to sabotage ourselves? So the way that I see it is that part of our personality is in conflict with another. So we might really want a certain thing, and even in like the moments when we are feeling good and motivated and almost high on life. We feel like, yeah, I'm totally going to get my shit together. I'm totally going to do this. I have this goal and I'm going to put everything into it and I want it so badly. And then at some point we end up not doing that or we do the opposite and we either you know overeat we procrastinate we numb out with watching too much television or drinking too much or doing drugs we hurt ourselves essentially in the process and i see this come up mainly with eating many of my Um, nutrition coaching clients really have a hard time, especially in the beginning, because I am a habit-based coach and I'm really wondering what's going on behind the scenes of like why, if you want a certain thing, why that's not happening. Again, there's a conflict there. So again, this can happen with business too. We say that we really want this amazing business. We say that we want to work from home and then we don't end up doing the actions or we procrastinate on the tasks that we need to do because they are uncomfortable and they're unknown. We medicate ourselves. Again, this goes along with emotional eating. We numb out. We say that we maybe don't want to drink as much, and then we end up succumbing to external pressures, of, you know, when we're in social situations and stuff, we might say that we don't want to use drugs anymore. And then we find ourselves again doing these. It doesn't really doesn't matter what it is. It just matters that you have these two parts of your personality that are conflicting. And what ends up happening is that we judge ourselves for doing this behavior. So it brings on, not only do we maybe physically feel not awesome because of what we have done. And after that, we throw on all of this shame and guilt and I'm the worst and I am so weak, blah, 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 like insert whatever mean thing you say to yourself. I've probably said them all to myself at some point, but that's what ends up happening. And that is very hard and very conflicting to ourselves. We confuse ourselves like, why, why, why do I do this to myself? And the thing is that first of all, 95% of what we think is subconscious. So that's why our actions and our behaviors are driven from these subconscious desires and thoughts that we don't know about. So it's like, what is the actual programming in my brain? What is actually happening? And what happens is that we accumulate dysfunctional and distorted beliefs about ourselves as we grow and especially in childhood. So if you had parents that were not very emotionally supportive, if you were if you had friends who were not emotionally supportive, family members, siblings, teachers, even I mean, I don't know, whoever it was in your life that that said something to you that could be cemented in your brain for a really long time to come, and that is sort of scary to think about because it's like, oh shit, what was actually said to me? Sometimes that you might not remember. Um, Journaling is a great practice here just as a side note and really doing those practices of a couple pages at a time of just a brain dump, not even thinking about it. I mean, not even thinking that you're going to have to show anybody or just like put it all out there on paper. And I promise some of these things are going to come to light. So, In these early life experiences, what happens is that we develop an inner critic and psychology, current psychology calls this the anti-self. So we have a self that we maybe hold in our brains that we want to be a future self, let's say, and then we have an anti-self that comes in and sabotages it all. And if we let ourselves be ruled by our old beliefs, by our habits, By just our automatic programming, again, staying in that fixed mindset, then we are going to get the same behaviors over and over and over. And it is actually, if we are used to treating ourselves poorly, if we are used to sabotaging ourselves, if we are used to being treated poorly by others, then that's what we're used to and that's our habit. And we will actually keep ourselves safe. By treating ourselves really badly. Once I learned that, I was like, oh my God, this is why I do these things to myself that are so mean. And I that was really like a light bulb moment for me because that was my safety. And for many of you that are listening, that might be your safety, these things that just don't work for you anymore. And by going out into the unknown, like the brain doesn't want that. Our self doesn't like our anti-self, the ego, whatever it is, it doesn't want that. So again, if we are habituated to the meanness, to not being kind to ourselves, to all of that stuff, then that is what we will continue doing because that is our safe space. Meanness is our safe space. Kindness is unknown and it is unfamiliar and it is not in our habit manual or the subconscious programming that we run. So really let that sink in. Think about that. Allow that to really enter your mind and your heart and maybe have a moment of of silence for yourself and say, "Wow, I've been judging myself so much, but it's for a reason. Like my human programming has allowed this to happen. My human programming has dictated this. And it is okay because that's just how the brain works. So realize that sometimes, again, those painful circumstances, for me, this was really common in relationships too. I didn't know how to be treated nicely because I didn't feel safe if somebody treated me nicely. I was used to being treated really poorly and that felt better to me, even though it hurt, it felt safe and familiar. And being treated... Nicely was like, whoa, what's going on? Like, this isn't the way that it's supposed to be because that's not what I had been used to. So, remember that the brain will stay in that safe space, even if it is mean, for as long as it takes, unless we actually, unless and until we actually go in and do some stuff, some actions that are not going to feel good in the moment, that are going to feel super weird and unfamiliar until we actually break this habit and we get used to a new way of being. So again, this happens because we internalize these things that we have said to ourselves that we were told. Um, And at the same time, this is another big one. We are scared of our potential. We are scared of being the best version of ourselves. Our success scares us because it is unfamiliar. And our small self, we all have a small self and a great self inside of us. And that small self will do any, that small self in a sense is more powerful when we have been self-sabotaging, because we do not realize the greatness that we can have. And it feels, again, unsafe to not only be kind to ourselves, but to be successful, to be radiant, to be the highest, highest possible version that you can be. It's so scary. And we sabotage our own success because of that. We're also scared of the unfamiliar, like I've been saying, and many times we would rather stay in a familiar misery than go out into the unknown, than even taking that one step to get out there, to be a little bit more free in yourself and for you to meet that person who it is that you're meant to be. Did that make sense that I said that? That person that we're meant to be is out there, but it does... And it is in your future. You deserve to be that person if you do the hard work of breaking those barriers, of becoming aware and taking the really uncomfortable action to essentially do the opposite of what you feel like doing, which is whatever it is, those familiar patterns that we do. And it is so scary. Because again, we I will keep saying this because it has to sink in, that we will keep doing mean behaviors because it is our safety. Now, what are some things that we can do in order to make this a little bit better? The first thing is to identify and become aware. And this is where all of this healing work is rooted in awareness and identification of Pausing and saying, "Whoa, where is this coming from? Where? What voice is this? Whose voice is telling me to do this thing? It's not my true self because my true self is rooted in in kindness and in love for myself. And many of us might, ha- like me, have spent a- an entire lifetime not being used to being nice to yourself. And you know." Having the kindness feels so unfamiliar, but really identifying and taking that pause and stopping and saying, What is happening? What is this like tape recorder that is going on in my head? What am I st- saying to myself? And this is not going to feel good at all. It's going to feel really uncomfortable. You're going to want to go straight into the behavior that you're used to doing, but by pausing and identifying what is going on, the specific thing that your brain is telling you, and then the actions that your brain tells you to do. Um, I want you to take note of those things. So maybe have a journal that you keep just for this, or just a place that you write this stuff down. I suggest free writing it with your hands uh, because that is the way that the brain really lets out all of that subconscious memory and everything. So, maybe keep a journal just for this. And who cares what you write? Like, you need to get that stuff out of yourself. You need to release that energy in order to get to that place that you really want to be in. The next step is being willing to be vulnerable and courageous. And by being vulnerable, To ourselves, we are going into unfamiliar territory by being vulnerable, by saying, I don't know what is going to happen here. If I do the opposite of what I'm used to, that is a vulnerable act in and of itself. So open your heart a little bit and open yourself up to that unfamiliarity and that vulnerability of what is happening, of what it is that you really want to do. And as you open up a little bit more, it gets easier and easier to do that. So open yourself up to and be vulnerable to a new action, a new reality, a new version of yourself uh, that doesn't feel so constricted and doesn't feel so limited in its potential and does not feel like it's going to stay stuck in these self-sabotaging behaviors The next thing that I want you to do is to not be scared of feeling your feelings. So I feel like all problems could be solved if we just really were willing to feel our feelings. And this is vulnerable too, really taking a pause and saying, what what is it that I'm feeling right now? This goes along with identification too, but it's a different identification because initially we want to identify the beliefs and what it is that we're actually thinking, then We end up feeling things because of that. We might feel, you know, sad or really freaking angry that this is happening. That is okay. Let that anger out in a safe way. Uh, If you feel sad, cry. If you feel sensitive, be sensitive. If you want to go lay down for five minutes, like go do that. If you feel betrayed, if you feel like you have betrayed yourself, let that out, feel it. You know, feelings really only last for two minutes. So there is no feeling that is stronger than you. So let that sink in. You are stronger than any of the feelings that you have. And once you know that, you can feel the strength to stay with the feeling and just pause. And I know that this can feel excruciating. So at the beginning, I suggest perhaps doing a type of movement not like necessarily exercise but maybe stretching getting into your body walking outside um doing a really short meditation even though that can feel uncomfortable at the beginning like just to like stand there in your brain not moving i think movement really helps get the energy out so go on a walk call somebody Stretch your body, feel your arms, touch your leg, touch your stomach, touch your back, touch your shoulders, your hair, just to let you know that you are here and that you can withstand that feeling. Whatever it is that you need to do instead of the typical behavior, do that. My friend Kim Shaper calls this opposite action and it's the, doing the opposite of what we feel like doing so by feeling our feelings we are being vulnerable we are being opening open we are creating a new reality within ourselves the next thing is to take responsibility so many times and i don't mean this in a drill sergeant way i just mean like sometimes we do things to ourselves and then we just want to erase it like oh that never happened that never no i didn't do that that didn't count it does count. And it, especially if it is something that we don't like, which is likely the case, we're more likely to say, I like to try to numb it out or to erase it or delete it. But doing that continues with the cycle of not looking at ourselves and really staying in that familiar safe territory, which, are, which is doing and engaging in the self that is not aligned with the self that you want to be. So really taking responsibility in a kind way, which can just be acknowledging to yourself that you did something. Like I did this thing and now I am choosing to tell myself the truth and be fully honest with myself and really just... Come to terms with our actions and come to terms with the way that we are behaving. Maybe not come to terms with it, but identify it and take responsibility that yes, I have done this thing, but you know, it is not my fault. It is my programming that is doing this. And I have the power to change that. So by really taking that seat of authority in your own life and taking responsibility for where you are is the first place that we can start to make those changes after we identify, after we're vulnerable, after we feel our feelings, then we can take responsibility and say, I have led myself here, but it is okay because now I have different tools in order to change the behaviors that I want. The next thing is something that's really tough for me, even still, but it is to be your biggest hype woman. So believe in yourself, say kind of things to yourself, even if they feel weird, do the things that you really want to do in your life. With me, just to be vulnerable with you all for a second, my business has really grown a lot in the past two years. And it has become something that is almost at like my goal and my dream life. And it's so scary to me. And my small self will still keep me down sometimes and like procrastinate, even though I don't end up procrastinating because I do always end up getting my things done. But it is scared of taking of, you know, it's kind of been this slow path, which I'm thankful for because I've really built this solid foundation. But in order to get bigger, in order to embody myself more, in order to make it truly what it is that I want, it's going to take more stepping into the unknown. And it is so scary to do that. But I want you to know that with deliberate action, with being your own biggest hype woman with being vulnerable, all of these things can truly come into fruition, whether that is with eating, whether that is with drinking, whether it's with you know using drugs or shopping or whatever it is. Which I will probably end up doing another whole episode on money and shopping. I feel like. You know My business evolves, but I feel like at some point I will teach a workshop on money or a course or something or a little coaching program. Look, I'm already making myself small by saying a little coaching program on uh, just about money and the beliefs that we have about money because those goes, go along a lot with food. But whatever it is that you're going through right now, know that, and if you're suffering, know that that is not your true operating system. It's just the operating system that you have been used to your whole life and newsflash it's probably not you that developed that, so a book I really love that has to do with this is called Eastern Body Western Mind or Eastern Mind West no, I think it's Eastern Body Western Mind um it's just a book about the chakras and what we can do to heal, but I will be releasing more content mm-hmm. this year about healing and healing our beliefs, healing our bodies, healing ourselves because like I always say, we really can find out anything on the internet and it's likely that we know what it is to what it is that we need to do, but the why behind it, the psychology behind it, these behaviors that we do that we don't like sometimes rule us and it's really getting to the bottom of that, really making our healing a priority that will elicit the most change, even though it feels like boring work, even though it feels too simple. Know that you are an abundant person who lives in an abundant universe that wants the best for you. And I really want the best for you too. So you can always reach out to me if you have any further questions, but in the meantime, I hope you all practice what was talked about in this podcast and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.